Jack White's Third Man Records in Midtown is expanding its services and music production with a newly opened mastering studio. The label slash record store opened a vinyl pressing plant two years ago, and the new studio is a necessary addition to easing the production process. I sat down with Third Man's Dave Buick and mastering engineer Bill Skibby to talk about the hidden art of mastering audio. Buick says opening the studio was a no-brainer for the label. The mastering and cutting, you know, cutting the lacquers is a step that has to happen in in pressing a vinyl. And uh, so us being able to do that in in our building, in the neighborhood, you know, our roots are in is uh, very important. And it's it's just a nice way that we can, you know, have more input into the way the records sound. And it's also uh, opening another mastering studio is just another way to open the bottleneck up so, you know, records can be pressed worldwide faster than they have been able to. So everything in-house is the idea. Yeah, in-house. In-house is, yeah, always the way we want to go. I think mastering is kind of like the really, it is the most hidden part, I think, of of a music lover's idea of how uh, the sound that they love or the album that they love came to be. For sure. So in layman's terms, what does a mastering engineer actually do? We take the finished product of a mix, a two-track mix, and we finalize it for, for the you know, whatever format it's going down to, either vinyl or digital. And we make sure that all the frequencies are smoothed out and it sounds the way that people want it to sound. We try to make it a little bit louder and control all the dynamics. And uh, for vinyl, we make sure that it cuts well because the vinyl cutting a vinyl lacquer for production is a physical process. So you have to control certain frequencies that you, you can use in digital, but you can't use for, for records. So it can be, the like I was saying before, it can be the last stage of... Uh, of the creative process where you finish all of the things you didn't get to do when you were mixing. Because a lot of times when you make a record, you're hurrying to finish against a deadline. You've got five or six people sitting in a room making decisions. And sometimes you're piecing together songs that were recorded in different places. And we take all those and try to make them sound similar and fit together well on a record. How does mastering for for vinyl, I want to go into that a little bit more, analog versus digital. Well, Well, the vinyl process is totally different because it's a physical process. So you have a, a stylus cutting a groove into a, a lacquer, which is basically like uh, nail polish sprayed onto an aluminum disc. And so that physical process can't handle frequencies the same way that digital can. For instance, high frequencies that translate really well to digital sometimes will distort on a, on a record when we're cutting it. So we have to attenuate some of the high frequencies, sometimes bass, too much bass response. And the funny thing about cutting a lacquer or a record, making a record, is that it's dependent on the length of the program material. So we have to physically fit it on the record. So if it's a long record, you have to start doing things like turning down the volume or controlling, controlling the low end, the bass response, to get it to fit because you have these big excursions of waves going side to side or you have deep cuts into the, down into the lacquer, which eat up all the space. So you have to do things to control that. So it's a totally different, totally different game. It depends on how long your program material is. If you are given uh, some audio that wasn't recorded very well, mm-hmm. what can you do as a mastering engineer to... Make it better. Well, there's a, you can, there's a lot. You can equalize it. First of all, you can control dynamic range using compressors and limiters. There are high frequency compressors and limiters that you can, you know, stop transients or sibilants. So there's a lot you can do, and uh, you can widen the stereo image or shrink the stereo image. We have for for lacquer cutting, we have an elliptical equalizer which takes the bass frequencies and puts them in mono so that they don't so they don't have these wide cuts going on side to side. So, I mean, there's a lot you can do because you can use, a, we have tons of tools. It's sort of the, similar to the recording studio, but we're only focusing on two tracks. Better recorded material sounds better, but sometimes it's stylistic too. So we're trying not to, as mastering engineers, one, I mean, I've recorded and produced records for the last 25 years, and 
it's always annoying when you send your record into a mastering house and it comes back completely altered and they miss the point. So we're trying to not miss the point because it is a creative step. So sometimes you get a poor recording or something that sounds lo-fi and you don't want to try to gloss it up too much. You want to just kind of make it work. And the good thing is that if we cut a lacquer in our control room and we send it off and have it plated and it comes back to the pressing plant right next door, two doors over, in the same building, we have really great quality control because if anything happens, either the part gets damaged when it gets sent off or anything, anything comes up or there's a question about anything in the, on the actual test pressing, we can talk directly to the uh, quality control people and look under our microscope and see if there's anything going on. So it's really great for quality control. So in your career, you've probably worked with very old audio, right? Because the reason I ask that is because there's been, especially the last few years, a lot of remastered classic albums. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the Beatles' Way to album that came out last year. How much can, you know, how how much can a remaster of something like that differ from the original? And follow-up question to that, (laughs) what is it like to try to remaster audio that's 40, 50, 60 years old? Is it, is it, it's very difficult? No, it's not difficult. It's fun. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of have a split thought about it because I don't really like to re I don't like to you know the old albums that are getting redone a lot of times and I don't even know I don't actually really haven't really solidified my theory on this yet but I kind of as a listener I like to hear things when they come out being sort of like they were but everybody has a different idea about it you know some people want to hear more bass response a lot of times in the olden days when things were mastered they were mastered for vinyl only so the bass, bass was rolled off and high frequencies were controlled for vinyl. And so when you get the chance to have it come full frequency and without any time constraints for digital, people take liberties to augment the bass or widen the stereo. A couple of good examples were um, we did the Nashboro um, gospel compilation that was the only audio source we had was just uh, transferred from old um, scratchy, you know, as clean as we could find, but old the old actual 45s and 10 inches. And uh, Warren and Bill went in and cleaned up the, you know, the pops and made it sound as close to original as possible. Right. That's or right. like with the Algebra Mothers record, which, uh, you know, featuring one time WDET Ralph Valdez, uh, they just I contacted them. They had some old tapes that they had been sitting on for 40 years of, you know, very, very various qualities. The, in the remastering step of it, they mashed it all to make it sound like a, you know, a coherent record. And it sounds great and still close to the original, but, you know, you, you clean it up. and Sure, there's restoration. I mean, yeah, a lot of times a lot on of... old things like that, you need to do some kind of restoration. Because sometimes the sound source, you know, the program source is something like a record or a scratchy acetate or something, you know, or a damaged tape. So you're trying to restore it to function properly and get rid of unwanted, you know, surface noise and things like that. But, you know, as far as creatively, that's a, that's a real challenge to remaster something that was a, a classic because you fell in love with all the things. I mean, the thing that I always think of is, you know, the Stooges yeah. Bowie mix, which right. I love. Yeah. And then all the subsequent remasters, you, you know, there's more bass added to it and it's, it's a different, different ball game. I always lean towards liking the originals because I grew up, you know, we, if you're familiar with it, you grew up with it. So you don't want to go in and ruin it or rethink it. But sometimes it does do, it does help to do something to it. You know, there was some deficiency that was really always bugged you. <laughs> yeah. There's classic records that were just mastered quietly. And, you know, yep. you, you, that's the thing. You're not really, you know, compromising the artist's original to make it vision. A little louder, you just make no. it sound the way they wanted it to sound. So that's, right. that's when remastering is, is nice. There's got to be some kind of legendary, legendary stories in the music biz about um, albums that came out where, where the artist hated the way. They always hate the way it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I think Neil Young said it. He said, albums are never finished, they're abandoned. 
And that's kind of the truth. Like you get to a point when it has to come out. So everybody, I mean, you, you'll run into people in the studio all the time, legends, and they'll be like, I never really liked the way that record sounded. You're like what? It's, you know, something insane. You can't believe that they're even, that they would even consider saying it. So I think everybody, every artist feels that way about their art, right? You make it and then you put it out in the world and then you advance and you go, always go, oh, that was a little cringy. was mastering engineer Bill Skibby and Dave Buick of Third Man Records. This week, the label and record store opened a new studio for mastering digital and analog audio. And honestly, where else are you going to hear an interview like that, getting into the details of music production, except here on 1019 WDET Detroit Public Radio. Well, we've